write a book and be a maniac. Write a book and be a maniac. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, everybody can write a book. Like, I, I will, I can like guarantee it that consistency is everything. You're listening to the Azria Show. If you're looking for quality real estate investing information that you can trust, you've found it. Stay tuned and join the tens of thousands of members that have already benefited from Azria, your home for education, market information, support, and networking opportunities that will advance your real estate investing career. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Azria Show. I am Marcus Maloney, and we have our executive director, Mike Del Preet. Hello, hello. And we are mobile on today. Well, I'm in the office. Mike is in the office too. We're just in different rooms. But we have a very special guest. His name is Craig Kerlock, and he is the author of House Hacking Strategy book published by Bigger Pockets. And he is currently in Idaho and he's doing uh, building out his real estate friendly investor team of agents. So let me, let me recap. Real estate investor, friendly agent brokerage. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There we go. There we go. So Craig, man, how are you? How you doing? Marcus, man, it's been, it's good, man. Life is, I uh, can't, can't complain too much. It's, it's been, it's been a fun world we're in the last few years. I haven't seen or talked to you in a couple of years, which we realized it crazy how fast time goes and yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time goes by quick. I mean, just to kind of go back when we talked, I mean, at the time you were still doing things with Bigger Pockets. You were actually the executive director of Bigger Pockets, but you moved on to start doing uh, what you're doing currently. Still affiliated with Bigger Pockets, still doing, um, you know, some things with them. So kind of tell us, man, what what you what are you up to right now, Craig? Yeah, so right now, my, my two main things, right, is we're growing the five team, which is a team of investor-friendly agents basically around the country. Right now, we're in four different states. Uh, we're in Colorado, Washington, Idaho, and Southern California. And yeah, just trying to help more and more people achieve financial independence through real estate investing. And so we're training agents to do that, to help their clients, giving them all the resources they need to then, you know, turn around and, and help more people themselves. And so, you know, that's kind of what I'm doing primarily, but also, you know, in, in tangential to that, like our, the FI team, right? If we had our big, hairy, audacious goal, it's to reduce the U.S. retirement age by, by 10 years, right? From 65 to 55. And we plan to do that by helping people achieve financial independence through real estate investing. And so I, myself, when I first started, I was a real investor from the real estate agent and I did like a hundred deals my first year and I was a maniac. Like that was just like, all I did was work. And that was like my cat, my max. And so I decided like, well, what if I could get like a bunch of agents, let's say I had 10 or 20 agents each doing 10 to 15 deals a year, right? Help a lot, a lot more people that way. And it's a lot more scalable to try to change things than just do it all myself. And so that's kind of why I started the team and now to screw on that. And now even more so it's hard for us to grow in every single state and every, because obviously it takes capital and time and all that. And so I've also started to offer coaching services for other investor-friendly agents in areas that we do not operate in if they want some help growing their investor-friendly teams in, in their respective locations. So that's kind of like my, that, okay. that's it. That's, that's, the, that's the like spark version of the last couple of years of my life. And it's been, it's been a ride. 
Well, you said something very important. You did a hundred deals your first year and you were a maniac. So I love that because it takes a certain person that you're not a maniac, right? But there's a certain characteristic there and drive and, you know, dealing with new investors coming into the business. Um, can you just talk about what it took just to be a maniac and, and go through that process and how, how important it is? Oh, yeah, man, it was, I, I look back and I'm like, I don't even know, but I would say consistency is going to be the biggest thing. And so it's always consistency lead, lead generation, even like, you know, my best month, I, I think I closed like 17 or 18 deals in, I think it was August of 2020. And so even during that month, I was doing lead gen, like I never stopped my lead gen because I knew that once, like, even though I was busy with 18 clients, like 11, like, like then, then the, the next month, my, my pipeline would have dried up. Right. And so like, that was my main thing is just consistent with lead gen and also keeping the excitement up. Like, mm. even though it might be my 80th client year that I was helping get into a house hack, well, it's their first deal still. And like, they're going with me with all this excitement. And I just needed to like, stay excited and keep that up and just like, and I just get that because I'm like, I kind of like a mag, I, I, I think of myself sometimes like I, I like magnify other people's emotion. And so if I see someone's excited, I'm going to get excited with them. If I see someone sad, I'm probably going to mirror that. I and so I, I think a lot of people are probably like that way. Uh, and so the fact that I was working with people that were excited and I was able to hype them up and they were able to hype me up, like it was just kind of like this, yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go. And that's how, that's how, that, that would be, I think, how it happened. I, I think enthusiasm is probably one of the top sales like yep. traits. Right. That's huge. So you heard it here, right? Like this is a common, me and Marcus were just talking about this before the podcast about just even growing on social media. And we're talking about Grant Cardone, Gary Vaynerchuk, all these top people. And it boils down to that consistency, right? Like you said, you're consistent on lead gen, right? Especially in our business, right? You got to generate those leads. So well said. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So so Craig, tell us, so you, you started working in the beginning, you know, with investors. So what does it take? Because there's sometimes a disconnect with realtors and working with investors. What are some of the key attributes that real estate agents need to know when working with uh, investors? Yeah, that's a good question. And there's, there's a lot, there is a lot. And so like, I'll just give you kind of the couple most important things. And one is, of course, you need to know the locations, right? You need to understand what the price point is, what the rent point is, and try to help your clients find places that have the most rent, like that are the lowest price, but also demand the most rent. And so, of course, it's never going to be that perfect correlation, end up somewhere in the middle. And so usually, and there's always that balance. And so kind of knowing the pockets of your neighborhood where the house is designed in a certain way so that you can maybe extrapolate the most rents out of that particular house. And I can give you an example. And so like in Denver, for example, there is this little pocket of a neighborhood called Cheryl Wood. And so everyone listening here is probably from Arizona, so they don't care, but I'm just going to give you like the example of what it is in Denver. And so Cheryl Wood, right? And it's, per it's a perfect little place to invest because the housing prices aren't super expensive. It's still close to downtown Denver. It's actually not part of Denver, the city of Denver. It's part of what's called unincorporated Adams County. And what that means is that there's little to no rules with short-term mm -hmm. rentals, with how many people can live in a certain house. And so it's kind of like, like a little pocket of the wild, wild west. And so once I discovered that, I was like, we need to get people to buy houses here and I need to buy some houses here. Because, right, 
like I said, for some reason, it was kind of like a class B, class C neighborhood. Like there was no violent crime, but you know, like definitely Mm -hmm. lower middle class neighborhood, but the houses were perfect. And it's right close, super close to the highways and super close to the city. And so like, that was the gemstone that we found. And so if you're not working with an investor-friendly realtor, they're going to see, oh, Sherwood, that's, nah, it's, that's kind of a crappy area. There's a meth house up there or whatever. But actually like, yeah, that meth house happened like five or six years ago. So it's actually kind of revamped a little bit. And, you know, like that we're on top of how you can get the most rents for that particular house. And so having an investor-friendly realtor with that investor mindset is mm-hmm. Incredibly huge. So you're strictly investor-friendly um, agent, right? So what made you come up with that? Like, how did you get the, that? Like, why did you choose that? I just thought, so back when I kind of started doing this, there wasn't really, well, maybe there was. I just didn't know that there was any investor-friendly realtors out there that was like really only focused on investors. And I didn't understand why, because investors are some of the best clients they're they're repeat clients um mm-hmm. they all the all they care about is the numbers they're not going to get emotional they're typically less scared and so you're able to just like work with somebody show them a house get mm-hmm. it under contract and boom 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 if the numbers work whereas like when you when you're dealing with families and you're dealing with kind of the typical residential side it just becomes a lot more of an emotional game which is harder harder to kind of not manipulate, but harder to kind of get the point across to people that, hey, this actually is a really good investment. Yeah. And so, you know, we kind of started off as the investor-friendly team, right? And and we're, we are branching to do more residential stuff too, but, you know, the investor stuff is certainly our bread and butter. Okay. How did you, did you guys do a lot of work with like the hedge funds in Colorado and San Diego or anything like that when they were buying quite heavily? Nope. Okay. Uh, no, I think I think they they worked a lot with wholesalers, I believe, to get properties at like extreme discounts. But we don't find that like you don't need to buy a house investment property, especially if you're house hacking at an extreme discount. You just got to get mm-hmm. get okay. a deal, and yeah. So what's your what's your ideal client profile? Who are they? Um, you know, are they house hackers? Are they flippers? Are they, you know, short term rental landlords? Kind of what's your ideal client avatar? Yeah, I would just say a house hacker. And so what that means is is they're coming in usually pretty young, but not a requirement. But I would say they're usually in their 20s and they're looking to get into a property with a low percent down, three to 5%. They want to live in it, rent out the rooms or rent out the other units or whatever. And so the rent covers their income and they live rent free. And so, you know, we're kind of there to coach, guide and mentor them through that whole process. And um, I'd say that is our like most common and kind of who we try to target the most. But of course, anybody can house that. You could be 40 or you could be 60. We've helped a 70 year old do it. So it's, you know, yeah, but that's kind of the idea. Okay, great. You were um, talking about lead gen when it comes to, so now we know that your investor client is a younger population looking to house hack. What were some of the strategies that you used for lead gen to find those, those clients? So the first one is you got to get off bigger pockets. Um, okay. Bigger pockets is a huge, a huge place for real estate investors. And usually they capture a lot of the people who are looking to get started in real estate investing. So they're going to post on the forums. Uh, you know, you send them messages, whatever you just, you're just on there enough so that your name is familiar. And when someone asks a question in your area, you jump on it, you send them a message and see how you can provide value and help. 
And so bigger pockets was number one for sure. Um, in that first year for me and bigger pockets has changed a bit. So like mm -hmm. what works back for me in 2018, 2019 may not be the same right. as, as what it works today. Um, and the other thing that I think is super powerful that I think every agent should do is, and you guys are going to probably like this one is throw a meetup, right? And so have some sort of at least monthly recurring event where you can bring real estate investors. And sometimes I, I think it's good to have a speaker um, because you can show that you're the authority figure and you're truly throwing the event rather than just have people kind of gather together at a bar. No one mm -hmm. knows who's actually throwing the event. But either way, the bar is better than nothing. Right. It's better than the bar. But just get something going and, uh, and just get people together that want to talk real estate. And eventually someone's going to want to buy real estate and who's like, you're going to be there to help them. There you so go. Yeah, very easy way to generate leads. So true. Educate the dominate was what I taught. Was, was taught. Get, yep. That did. Yeah. Whether it's like forwarding an article to somebody that's relevant to them, sharing a book with them, anything. We here um we play cash flow one oh one, the board game. Right. It attract people. So I love that. Definitely works, man. Great advice. Yep. Okay. So when you're when you're what are some of the things that you educate your clients on? as they come into your sphere of influence? Because they're younger, they may not be younger, but they're looking to house hack. And normally if they're house hacking, it's their entry or foray into real estate investing. So what are some of the things that you have to educate them on so they don't become that emotional buyer and say, hey, I like this property and I love the you know, aesthetics or the feng shui of the property. What are some of the things you educate them on? For sure. So we're, we're actually educating them less. Like we don't, I mean, we educate them for sure, but it's like, they usually come to us knowing that they want to house hack or they want to invest in real estate. So mm -hmm. they understand the concept. So we don't like, we kind of skip the basics. Mm -hmm. Um, we can educate them on, Hey, what areas are best for the strategy that they want to do? If they tell us they want to Airbnb part of it, and they want their own living space. Okay, great. Well, you should be in these, these areas or you know, actually like I'm young and I don't care to, I don't mind having roommates. I just want people on long-term leases. I don't want to deal with Airbnb. Okay, great. Well, in this area, there's a lot of five and six bedroom houses that are relative, that are reasonably priced and close to a highway or whatever. So, you know, people would, wouldn't mind living there. And so like, that's kind of the first thing is like educating them on the area. Mm -hmm. The second thing is educating on the house type. And so, you know, people coming in and say, you know, they want to rent a five bedroom house. Well, like, Hey, if you got a five bedroom house where it's like four beds, one bath upstairs, if it's like a weird layout, like people may not want to live there. It's going to make your life harder. And so, you know, we're going to come in and make sure that you're buying a house, that the layout works, that if rent rather room stops working for you someday, you have an, another strategy that could work. Perhaps it is Airbnb or long-term or whatever it is. And so we just want to make sure that you're, that it's working either way. And do you, do you get a uh, return client? Are you noticing the younger generation? They're like buying a whatever, a house and renting out the rooms or, or a small multifamily, are they coming back and doing it every year kind of thing? That's, that's what we try to do. Yep. And that's, that's why investors are so great, especially house hackers is because every year they're, if they're doing it right, they're going to buy a house every year. Right. Because that's how, that's how you hit financial independence is you're not going to get there off one. Well, you sure can off four or five, you know, what are some hurdles or what are some things that someone's new they're they, they like the house hacking idea um and they're they are in one of your cities and they so what are some things they need to be prepped on like to, to be pre-qualified and be ready to do this what are some of the things you would recommend someone wanting to get into it i always say the first step is just talk to a real estate agent people some people think you should talk to a lender first but i, I truly think the real estate agent is going to know the good lender 
And having an agent and lender that work well together, I think is really big and just making the deal go smoothly and make sure nothing gets blown up. And so get yourself introduced to a real estate agent in your market would be number one. And then number two is like, ask the questions like, Hey, I'm thinking about Airbnb or whatever your strategy is. What areas would you recommend? Or what house type would you recommend? Or what price point would you recommend? Or, you know, and then they should be asking questions back. Frankly, like the agent should be asking you more questions than answering your questions. Just because like, because as an agent, like I need to hear your story and I need to understand what you want to do. And then I can tell you what to do, but like. I need, I need, like, I need to know what your goals are in order to get you what you want. Sweet. So you are currently in four states, Idaho, Colorado, Washington, and California. Is there any particular reason why that you picked those four states versus four other states for house hacking and working with clients? Yeah. So we really understand how the cities like Denver work. And so Denver, I kind of view as like a tier two type city. We're like, it's a city. Everyone's heard of mm-hmm. it. It's got a sports team. Like it's, it's a thing, but like people can still afford to buy homes there. So it's not like a New York or a San Francisco, or I would even say maybe even Chicago is not like expensive, but it's still like a tier one city. Mm-hmm. But those tier two cities, like there's demand where you can buy a five bedroom house relatively close to the city. And, and honestly, Phoenix is probably one of those two. And you can... And there's enough demand, enough people living there that they can rent out by the room or that they can Airbnb or do whatever. And so we picked Seattle and San Diego for those reasons. And then we picked Coeur d'Alene because I moved up here. So, okay. <laughs> Perfect. So, so there's a lot there about the house hacking, helping others achieve the financial freedom. So I have two areas of ways I want to go with it. One, you have EXP behind you. So I'm assuming that's your brokerage. Okay. And I've heard a lot about them. I'm not a real estate agent. So can you, and I've noticed a lot of investors use them. So what is it about EXP? Why'd you go to EXP? Yeah. So EXP was kind of like the new kid on the block when I was making my decision. I went with EXP for a couple of reasons. The first is because I knew that if I could be a high producer, I would not be paying them a cap. And so like, you know, it's a, it's like an 80, 20 split with a $16,000 cap. Well, I get that $16,000 back if I'm a high producer. And so I knew that I was going to hit that criteria to be a high producer. I was like pretty darn sure of it. And so I was like, oh, well, like I'm basically getting this service for free. And and on top of that, you know, EXP allows you opportunity to own the stock, own the company. And so every deal that I do, I'm able to purchase their shares at a 10% discount. Cool. I, I take 5% of my commission and take and uh, buy their shares at a 10% discount. So like there's all these different ways of making money. And then of course, the thing that a lot of people know about is the agent attraction piece where if you recruit other people to EXP, you get some passive income every time they do a deal. And so it's more than just like you make money in more than one way than just buying and selling real estate. You make it in multiple different ways. And so you can kind of take your business whatever way you pick. That's mm. great. <laughs> I didn't know that. And I'm an agent and I always get approached by EXP agents and they couldn't clearly identify why should we go to EXP versus my current brokerage? Because it was like, oh, well, you know, you get more of your commission. All right. Well, what else is there to it? You know, although getting more of the commission is is great, but you just, you know, gave two other points that no one ever told me about. Yeah. It, that's the thing is like, I don't love the reputation that some EXP agents have where it's like my, my sole purpose is to recruit you to my brokerage. It's like, 
Man, if you're looking about making a move and you want to talk to about me about DXP, like I have all ears and I will gladly take you under my wing and coach and mentor you and get you going. But like, that's not my main focus. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Just doing deals. Yep. Helping people get houses. Exactly okay. right. It's lowering the retirement age by 10 years. By that's 10 right. Years. That's yeah. it. Right. That's, that's the dream. That's the dream. Love yeah. it. You're doing great, man. So what about your, um, your own investing? What's that world look like? Yeah. So if you know anything about my story, I kind of started off as a house hacker myself in, you know, 2017, I purchased my first one and I just purchased year after year after year. I mean, up until 2022, honestly, I bought at least one property in a high appreciating area mm-hmm. that also cash flows. So most of those have been in Denver, uh, but also we got one in Coeur d'Alene this year. Cool. And also I've got a handful of properties out in like North Carolina. And those are kind of just like my cheaper cash flow, steady Eddie type properties. And so, yeah, we've got like 20 or so doors, you know, passive income is probably between the like 10 and 15,000 or so just from, just from our rental real estate. Like I don't count anything else. And so, you know, that's kind of like where we're at now. And, you know, we're pretty happy there. Like you know, we're going to continue to grow. But again, my, my passion is, is truly helping the team and growing this team of real estate agents. And then of course, any money I make, I just, you know, we'll just throw it into another property or whatever. Okay. Easy. Yeah. Cool. Got the short, you got, so are those all regular tenants, long-term tenants for all your 20 units? Yes and no. And I say that because most of them are long-term. There's a couple of, I've got a, I've got a a situation where I do Airbnb arbitrage for this, with this girl. And so she rents it from me at a premium Yeah, and, you know, takes my property management and all that. And then she rents it on Airbnb and then keeps the difference. And so. Easy. I love it because it's easy. She pays me rent, right? takes care of the utilities. It's like a regular rental, but I get like a thousand dollars more a month and I don't pay public management fee. So it's wow. no brainer. Yeah. So you got 20 units, 10, 15 grand in passive income. You're in multiple states. You're a real estate agent. Got a book out. You must have this huge team, this big office and all this crazy stuff. What's your team look like? Like how to? How do you handle all that? Yeah, so we have about 15 to 20 agents on our team. It's not like massive, but it's, you know, it's growing and it's been fun growing it. We don't have an office. Our office is all online. So it's like another EXP perk, I guess. And so, yeah, but, you know, our team, we throw meetups in Denver, like at least once a week, there's a meetup going on. And so, you know, we interact in there, we do quarterly retreats. And so there's plenty of time for us to like get together and, and chat and hang out. But yeah, that's kind of what the team looks like. And we're um, you know, just continuing to grow. Very simple, man. That's amazing that you don't have to have like a brick and mortar staff, yeah. you know, just that, like the old traditional way that you could just be in multiple cities with multiple people. Yep. Super easy. Just like this podcast. <laughs> yeah. 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 So what's, so what's next, Craig? I know your goal is to reduce, you know, the retirement age by 10 years. What are some of the objectives that you guys are doing right now in order to hit that goal? So our main thing is just to help people understand, understand house hacking, understand real estate, because truthfully, and that's why our avatar is someone like that's in their twenties, right? Because if someone in their twenties, let's say 25 house hacks for five years, they have the ability to retire and not work a W2 job by 30, like Mm -hmm. easy, easy peasy. And so like. Is that retired? Probably not, but they have the ability to retire. And so they're going to probably have some sort of itch that they want to scratch. That is some sort of 
money-making fulfillment, some entrepreneurial venture, because you can't just like retire by 30 and then turn that off. And so then they go satisfy that itch and it might take them five or 10 years to do that. But then like by 40, they're probably like, all right, I'm done, right? And so yep. when, you know, when their kids, maybe if they're having kids around 30, when their kids start to becoming aged where you can really mold them and all that, like that's when people are thinking about retiring. And so like, I don't suspect we're going to get like everyone to retire by age 55. I think we're going to get like, hopefully 20 or 30% of the population to retire between 30 and 40. And that's what brings the age down. Yeah. And it's, and it's not just retirement, but it's living life on your terms, being able to do what you want to do and want to work versus need to work. Exactly right. Like I'm, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not going to like follow the, the retirement police, right? Like I'm not, right. I don't think there's a retirement police that's like, oh, he says he's retired, but he just wrote a blog post or he was just on a podcast. It's like, <laughs> no, you still got to fill your bucket, you know, but it's just on your terms. Okay, sweet, sweet. Anything, I, I, I love how you're targeting the younger demographic because here at Ezria, I'm noticing it's younger and younger people coming in. Like I started when I was 30 and it was more of an older man's game, right? You, you know, 12 years ago. And it was just always like, I wish I was 30 when I started, you know what I mean? They're in their 50s, 60s, right? So now with technology and all these resources and available information, you know, we have 18-year-olds, 16-year-olds coming into Korea, just mm -hmm. like going on, right? I think it's not for the wrong reasons because you see a lot of the flash online, right? So it's appealing to a young, young demographic sometimes, but they come in here and I'm just like, I tell them, you could be done before you're 25. Like if you just stay focused and consistent, right? And you really apply, you will never have to work in a cubicle ever, right? It's amazing, yeah. you know. There's, a, there's, a, there's a kid on our team and I call him a kid because he's like just turned 20, but he started when he, on the team when he was 18. He has, I think, three or four rental properties now. And he's literally like able to retire before he can drink. So I think that's always like a funny, uh, just analogy. Like when you think about it in yeah. perspective, like how, how young were you when you had your first legal beer? You're like, holy shit. Like, you know. Well, yeah, at 12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's of where you grew up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, man. No, no, that's, yeah. And, and being able to retire, right? That's a good point. You talk about that, like retirement for all of us is different. It doesn't have to be yachts and, you know, traveling all around the world or whatever. Maybe you could travel around the world. Who were just speaking with the other day, Marcus, on here? The lady with Invest Her, not, not, oh, um, but she, she's traveled. Sarah, to Sarah Weaver. Sarah yeah. Weaver. Yeah. And she's just traveling the world, right? Just doing yeah. her thing. And Sarah's a really good friend of mine, actually. And right. one, one thing, one thing about Sarah that I admire is that like she caters her business to her lifestyle, not her lifestyle to her business. And so like personally, like I, I, I like I'm actually trying to do less traveling at this point in my life. Like I, I'm, I'm like, I kind of like being home, but like for her, home is travel. And right. So, yeah. And so like the fact that she feels so comfortable in a new location every couple of months, I think is amazing. And she's just like, yeah, like I'm just, you know, I want to go to Guatemala, then I'm going to go through a Guatemalan retreat and probably get them to pay for it. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think it's just an amazing, she's got a, a great business model that mm -hmm. I think a lot of people don't have figured out yet. Yeah. I didn't know there was a difference between remote and nomadic or what was that the two terms she used? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. yeah. yeah there's two different ways of living this way, man. So yeah, build your business to give you that lifestyle that you want is what she's doing and what we all should do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I one, of, one of the main things you said there, Craig, is just, is just knowing exactly what you want to do and just staying focused and just doing that. You know, that's, that's what I hear through 
you know, through you and your goals and everything like that, what you want to accomplish, what you are accomplishing is you have it identified and you're just working towards that. Yep. Exactly. Right. No so, right. Right. No shiny objects. No shiny, shiny objects. objects. Which yep. is pretty easy. Very the shiny objects. They're shiny for a reason. <laughs> yeah. So many ways to make money in real estate. Just, just think of how you're doing your business and how you're leveraging so many different areas of real estate. I mean, to make money, it's amazing what you can do. Yep. Exactly right. Do you, so, I'm sorry. Mark. Are you considering, you know, exploring other cities, other territories, or you're fine with the four markets that you're in now? We will explore other territories at some point for sure. Um, right now we're just kind of getting settled here in our four places that we're at. Mm-hmm. And so again, like as, as the way I kind of view this is like, I, I suspect that we're going to, you know, I'm picking up coaching clients kind of in other areas, right? I'm going to coach these guys to be investor friendly agents. And that those are guys are poised to be like my lead agents in those specific cities when it comes time for them to move. Mm-hmm. And so that'll probably be like, that'll probably be like the precursor to expansion. Um, okay. And so, yeah, that's kind of like how I, how I view it now. Uh, but again, that, that could go off the rails. It could not, I don't know, like, right? Kind of just figuring this whole thing out. When you're training well, an investor-friendly agent, what are some of the overarching topics that you train on? So it's funny because it's like every agent is different. And so I can't just, it's not like a curriculum. Right. Right. It's like, Hey, okay. Like, where are you at? And like, are you doing these things? And so, you know, some of the things that I I make sure they do is, you know, make sure they're on bigger pockets, make sure they're, you know, how to convert on bigger pockets. Cause it's one thing to just like Mm -hmm. say, hi, how are you to people that are like just joining, but how do you actually convert on bigger pockets? How do you throw a meetup? How do you convert at the meetups? How do you, how do you build out your resource, your your list of resources so that you can actually be valuable to your clients Mm -hmm. and people want to come back to you and use you again? Um, it just, I mean, like it's a whole business, like I could possibly describe it here on one call, but it's just like, it's not, it's not structured because if it's structured, then it, it would only help one person. It's like, right. I need to cater your questions exactly to you. And if I have something that you, if you have a problem and I have the solution, like in, in a pamphlet or like in a brochure or something that like I've got online, I'll send it to you and boom, you've got, you've got the answers. Right. So that's kind of it. Yeah. Sounds great. I mean, very, very niche. That's what I like about it. It's very niche, very specific. And you know what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do. So, mm-hmm. Greg, before we before we sign off here, man, give us some words of encouragement for those investors that are in the market now and everything was just so great, you know, 12 months ago and 24 months ago, but now things have switched. What's some words of encouragement that you can tell them as well as the investors? Keep buying. Honestly, just keep buying. Like, it doesn't matter what the market does. It doesn't matter where interest rates are. Like, just keep buying. Like, I mean, you're sure you've heard this, like, catchphrase, which is like the catchphrase of the last few months, but it's, you know, you date the interest rate, but marry the house, right? Like, yeah. it's it's so true. We're just, you know, the interest rate, you can always refinance later. So, but it's better to buy now because there's so many people who don't think about that and just are afraid of interest rates and they don't buy. So there's less competition, which means pr- there's a downward pressure on pricing. Like now's the time to buy. Like I never worry about the market. Like I answer the question and I have an opinion just because like I feel like I have to, but I never consider 
where the market's at because I just know that I just systematically buy every single year. So I buy at the top, I buy at the bottom. And eventually in, in like in the next cycle, it's all fixed. Right. Doesn't matter where you bought. So true, man. Very true. Very true. Time well, here. Yeah, yeah. Well, Craig, thank you so much, man. How can we reach you? How can we find you and get in contact with you? For sure. So you can follow me on Instagram. I'm the Fi Guy, the F-I guy on Instagram. And you can check out our team. It's thefiteam.com. And so those are probably the two best places. All right. So any parting words, Mike? I just have a few more questions. <laughs> okay. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. No, like the book, you know what I mean? Um, one, because they're part two coming out and because that's a very popular book. Um, and also how's like when you're saying being an authority and stuff, how does that help your, your business? Yeah. So is there a part two? I don't think there's like a total part two, but I do want to update it a little bit. So it will be like the house hacking sequel. It'll just be like an updated version with some other stuff I've learned in the past couple of years and yeah. all that good stuff. So yeah, hopefully that'll come out here in the next couple of years. Kind of work with their pockets on it. As for the authority figure piece, yeah, I mean, the facts, like writing a book is probably one of the best lead generation strategies you can do, but mainly for, for two reasons. And honestly, writing the book is just a platform mm -hmm. that establishes credibility and it also gets you on podcasts, mm -hmm. right? Because like, you know, I'm not sure what your reach is, but you know, like if I can go, if, I, if you've got a thousand people and I, like I'm talking to a thousand people, right? Maybe 10,000, right. who knows, right? And it's like, I go on bigger pockets and they're like another few hundred thousand. And then I go on all these different podcasts. You're talking to millions and millions of people who now are listening to you and know at least who you are. And so, but like, how do you get somebody to say yes to another podcast? Like, I'm fortunate enough that I've written the book. I've been on a bunch of other podcasts where people usually reach out to me. But if I, but if you write a book, you, now you've got them to talk about the podcast, right? And so, and you got that authority figure. So I would say like, yeah, writing a book is, is crucial if you can. Write a book and be a maniac. Write a book and be a maniac. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, everybody can write a book. Like I, I, I will, I can like guarantee it that it, consistency is everything. Like go ahead and write 500 words a day. And after what? I, I can't do that. Like, even at, even after like a hundred days, right? You're going to have 50,000 words. And that's like a 125 page book right there. Right. If you go 200 days, you got a 250 page book. And so like when I was writing a house hacking strategy, I would do a thousand words a day, every day for a hundred days. And so like, yeah, that's a lot, but it's just a hundred, it's just got consistency. And then I had a book at the end of three and a half months, yeah. you know? And so it's as simple as that. It's not that hard. Love and, it. and that's, that's the key to life. Just be consistent, do a little bit each day and you'll look back. Those days start piling up and you see that you, you know, amassed a huge success. Exactly yeah. right. You yep. said it, Margaret, Marcus. It's not that hard. Life's it's not. not. <laughs> it's not. So, well, Craig, thank you so much for being here, man. You gave us a wealth of information to our listeners. I'm sure that they're going to reach out to you guys. You all know what to do. Get out there. Reach out to Craig. If you have any questions about house hacking, he is the authority. Reach out to him. And we have our own authority here within Bigger Pockets that has house hacking experience also. So with that being said, you guys have a wonderful day and we will see you on the next episode of the Ezria show. See you guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Ezria show with your hosts, Marcus Maloney and Mike Delpreet. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you found this information valuable, 
Head over to Azria.org and learn more about our community.